Gibbs and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports. We'll be off a little early tonight. We're done at five thirty. Yeah, I know. Suns basketball taking on the Jazz tonight. And you were right. It looks like Laurie Markkinen's going to play. Laurie Markkinen is going to play. That's what oh, I was told earlier. You were told that earlier. Looks I like was. he's going to go. Looks like DeAndre Ayton is going to go. And maybe on Wednesday, Kevin Durant will come back. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But um, anyway, Suns, Jazz coming up at 6 o'clock. So we'll be off a little early for our pregame coverage of that. In the meantime, the DeAndre Hopkins watch it continues. Took a little bit of a turn. Not much of one. I'll just be curious to see how this stirs up the marketplace, if at all. There was a report from Albert Breer this morning that the Arizona Cardinals are now allowing other teams permission to speak with DeAndre Hopkins to help facilitate a trade. Uh, Quote, Arizona's initial ask to get a second rounder and another asset seems to have fallen flat, and there are teams waiting to see the price come down in the wake of the Brandon Cooks trade. The price is wrong. (laughs) To try to facilitate something... Arizona has granted teams permission to talk to Hopkins and his agent. I mean, I think that means you explored a bunch of options, and there was nothing out there that you've deemed worthy of a trade. So now you go, you go make a trade. You know, maybe, maybe you talking to them will convince them to give up more for you. But I would imagine that was one of the top priorities for Monty Austin for was deciding what to do with DeAndre Hopkins, and you know, seeing if you can get the the right assets for him. So. The fact that you're at this point right now clearly means that you haven't been able to find uh, a taker willing to give you what you deem is worthy. Well, and there's another way of looking at this, too. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe DeAndre Hopkins can now work out a trade. He, he and his people can work out a trade they can present Who's to the people? Cardinals. His people can't even talk to anybody, apparently. The NFL's brought down the hammer on everybody. You cannot talk to that guy. Oh, it's just Lamar's guy. Lamar's guy. Yeah. yeah. Who? I mean, I'm talking about Hop's guy. Oh, Hop's guy. Yeah. yeah. My mistake. Yeah. No. Right. Because Lamar. yeah. Lamar's guy, you can't talk. Lamar to. guys, you can't. Talk Lamar's to. guy's not a certified Hop's NFL guy, agent. You can Hop's talk guy, to. you can Hop's talk guy, to. Hop's guy, you can Lamar's talk to. Lamar's guy, you can't right. talk to. Um, I mean, it's twofold. Number one, it, it maybe their guy can facilitate a better trade than you could. I mean, I, I don't know how, but maybe you just put it in their hands. More than anything, though, it sounds like reading this tweet, it's really more about the finances of the deal. Okay, we're now going to allow NFL teams to talk to DeAndre Hopkins and his people so they can figure out what exactly the contract's going to look like when he goes there, right? Because that's a key element to this sure. whole deal. Yeah, because you've got to be, you want to renegotiate the deal. You want to kick some of that down the road. You want to lower the cap number for this year and not you know not have his normal cap number. So that makes sense that him speaking, allowing his people to speak to other teams, they can kind of get a gauge for what would it take? Two years added on, one year, would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to do that? Monty can't speak for that. He doesn't know. Nope. He just knows, listen, if you want to trade from, you can trade from, and then you guys work it out from there. But some teams may be reluctant to make the trade, not knowing sure. what the finances are going to be. Well, I would imagine most teams would want to know exactly what the finances are going to be before they make a trade like that. Right. So, we need to talk to your guy. We need to talk to your guy and find out what the deal would look like and how much money it would take. And so, maybe this means something's getting close. If, you know, we've been literally have been talking about this for two weeks. I thought this thing was going to get done before 
free agency started. Free agency started two weeks ago today, and we're still watching and waiting and wondering what's going to happen. Then there was this over the weekend. This was from Jeremy Fowler. This actually happened on Friday. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler indicating that part of what's made the market so cold for Hop is that the Cardinals are asking for a Christian McCaffrey-like package for him. DeAndre Hopkins. You know, talking to other teams around the league, they do expect something to shake out with a Hopkins trade with Arizona in the near future, but that Arizona would have to come off their asking price. I've talked to teams who say that Arizona has wanted a second-round pick and more, almost like a Christian McCaffrey package that you saw during the season last year. Second, third-round pick, something big. So teams aren't willing to do that as of yet. I forgot what a whopper the Christian McCaffrey package was. Second, third, fourth, and fifth, right? Second, third, fourth this year, a fifth next year. (laughs) Right? We almost had the exact same noise at the exact same time. As much as you hate running backs, can you believe a prime-time running back who's had injury problems got that and you can't get anywhere near it for Hopkins? No, I can't. And, and, And as much as I hate running backs, it almost worked. It 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 almost worked. Got him to the Super Bowl. I know that. Well, the the NFC Championship game. Yeah, NFC Championship. Yeah, game, right? yeah. And if the Brock Purdy hadn't gotten hurt, maybe it would have worked. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. But no, maybe I think the Eagles. Would've. Yeah, the Eagles were just so better than so much better than him at that point. Purdy was only going to take them so far. Um, but yeah, it did. It got him to the NFC Championship game. It, yeah, it, it did work to, for them. And now you're seeing all kinds of. At least I saw all these stories over the weekend. You saw a lot of the same ones. And every single one I see, I'm thinking to myself, "Is that a leverage play? Is this a leverage play? Is that a leverage play?" But the, I, but McCaffrey, you like you. It's like you're selling your house. You you always ask for a little bit more than what you're willing to take. Oh, right. Sure, I'm of sure. I'm sure if you're the Cardinals, you're saying it'll take this, this, and this. When somebody says, "Look, I'll give you a second," you're like, "I'll take it. I'll take it. Deal. Done." You know, you're, you're probably not. You're probably asking for a little bit more than what you know you're going to get. I don't know. On all these home improvement shows, the decision maker watches, it seems like every single time they get more than what they're asking for. We put a listing price of $630,000. We got over asking price for $670,000 every stinking time. Was it in California? Everyone? I, I, probably. It's like every time. It's like maybe you should ask for more, you know, work your way down as opposed to the other. Um the leverage plays that I was talking about, number one, came from Jonathan Gannon himself, who is, by the way, at the owner's meeting. I saw a tweet from Darren Urban of azcardinals.com. Jonathan Gannon speaking tomorrow at the owner's meetings. He's, he's got his table set up and everything. So it's like today was the AFC coaches, tomorrow's the NFC coaches. I don't know what Gannon's going to say, but we will have some Jonathan Gannon sound to react to. I can only imagine a lot of the D-Hop stuff will come up, hopefully, maybe tomorrow. Oh my, will we actually get a read on the Arizona Cardinals offseason plans tomorrow and, and a quasi-explanation for what's gone down these last I do know weeks? the one quote that, that he did, that Jonathan Gannon did mention to Steve Weish at the annual meeting Sunday. I'm operating that he's a Cardinal right now, speaking of Hopkins. So I'm looking forward to getting in the meeting room and on the field with him and seeing where it can go. I just know he's an elite player. Being a defensive guy, I had to go up against him a couple times in a division. The challenges that he presents, I'm excited to get to work with him. He also commented about Kyler Murray basically saying, you know, he'll come back when you know well, we say he's ready to come back. So he did speak there, but you're right. I mean, I th- would like to hear what the plan is for the future. Yeah, so Gannon, you know, I, I'm operating that he's a cardinal right now, you know. In other words, hey, right we'll, now, we'll keep right it. now, yeah, right now. Those are the key words, yeah. obviously. Um, but that's a little bit of a hey, we'll just keep him, you know, kind of like what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen back in the day. Then the other leverage play story I saw over the weekend was Andy Reid, who basically said Sky Moore. Oh yeah, he's the guy next year. 
We're counting on him. He's going to be a big player for us, which oh, I interpreted it as we don't need a wide receiver. We're good. We don't need OBJ. Yeah, we didn't they prove that last year? I mean, that's where I think the leverage comes in if you're Kansas City. Look, we had Tyreek Hill. We let him go. We won a Super Bowl. I took, took two guys off the scrap heap. Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We still won the Super Bowl. I le- I'm letting Juju go. I'll find somebody else. So I'm not going to give you a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins because you know what? I don't need to because I've proven that I could win without having to do. So they, they've got leverage. They could just say, I'm not going to give you what you want. You know, they, Because they're, they're coming from a position of strength. Like I said earlier, there's want and need. They may want DeAndre Hopkins, but do they need him? They may not need him. They may want him. But you're not going to give up a whole lot for want. You give up a whole lot for need. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it is a much-needed reinforcement. He is returning for the Phoenix Suns tonight. How will that help keep the Suns afloat and buy him a little more time for Kevin Durant to come back? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Suns and the Utah Jazz coming up tonight. In fact, our pregame coverage begins in about 15 minutes or so. So, yeah, we are off a little early today. Hope you don't mind. We'll be back tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock. We'll have a full show. Four hours. Pre-game, uh, 5.30, tip-off is at 6 here on Arizona Sports. We'll make up, Fred. We'll do a couple bonus shows this it week. All, it all comes It'll out in the wash. Yeah. It all comes out in the wash is what it does. Uh, we are going to get the return of DeAndre Ayton tonight. And then hopefully, presumably, I don't want to presume anything when it comes to Kevin Durant because it's been such a long wait. It's been a big tease for us. But presumably, his return comes on Wednesday. Now, Gambo said it, and he said it absolutely right earlier in the show. In the small picture, in the big picture, let me put it this way, in the big picture, these games mean next to nothing. No. I mean, they really don't. We're all, in our minds, it's just, when do the playoffs start? When does it get here? When can these things count for real? In the small picture, they matter in, in, in the sense that some of the trends that we've seen that we like, we want to see more of, that we don't like, we don't want to see any more of. And I think that continues tonight. On Saturday night, here's what I mean by that. On Saturday night, Suns did a really good job of not letting the officials get in their heads. It wasn't that big of a deal. They just played. They just played. They didn't worry about it. On Friday night, totally got into their heads. What happens tonight? I don't know, but I kind of want to see because that's been a troubling trend for this team over the last couple of weeks. I'd like to see them reverse before the playoffs start. Yeah, Monty got fined, what, $20,000 for speaking out to the officials? And I think they're at the point where they don't want to do it anymore, but it's it's hard to break that habit, right? It's hard to break that habit when you're you're a team that complains a lot and you not feel like you're not being you know, getting a fair uh, calls, then it, it's just hard to break that and not do it. So I'm, we'll see. I imagine that that's going to continue because that's just you know kind of who they are. They're, they're a team that takes a lot of mid-range jump shots and doesn't attack the basket a whole lot. You pointed out that Devin Booker has been attacking the basket the last couple of games. Yeah. He's had 23 free throws in the last two games. Only once before this season has he ever had a two-game span where he's gone to the line more than that, and that was in November 24 times, and one was 15 against the Jazz. So it, you could you could see that maybe he is trying to take it to the rim more and try to get those calls and try to get the officials to, to give you those free throws. Um, so we'll see tonight against the Jazz. They're shorthanded. They're without a lot of key players. I, I do think that for the Suns, these games don't matter so much. 
I don't know if that's the case when I look at the Clippers or the Warriors or the Timberwolves or the Lakers. I think the games matter more for them than they do to Phoenix. Say what? I mean, Golden State has Clay, they have Steph, they've had a road problem all year long. Mm-hmm. And they, the only guy they don't really have is Wiggins. The Clippers, like, they made some trades. They're a different team. And they, they, Paul George is out now. I get it. But I kind of like think the, I think the Clippers are just mentally soft. Like, to get blown out the way they did by New Orleans the other night, I think that when they're good, they're good. But when they get punched in the mouth and they get down, they kind of wilt a little bit. I think for the Lakers, like, they got LeBron back and they still lose a basketball game, right? Even with LeBron back, they've kind of, I think that these games matter for them, especially for everybody that's trying to avoid the play in or get the better positioning. These games mean a whole lot. The Suns are not going to be in the play in tournament, okay? They're just not. They're going to win enough games. Mm-hmm. They always were, in my opinion. It was just a matter of they, are they going to be four? Can they, are they going to be five? Are they going to be six? I think that was always up for grabs. I didn't fall them in, see them falling into seven. So for me, the games didn't mean as much. But I do think for the other teams that are playing, the Dallas Mavericks, like, these games matter. Oh, like, yeah, these, these games, games matter. matter for them. Yeah, I, I look, I think anybody who's flirting with a play-in tournament, these games matter. And ultimately, I agree with you. The Suns, look, they're still close enough to the play-in tournament where they could fall into it. I think if they get their guys back, they won't. I think if they get DA and KD back, I'm really not that worried about them falling into it. If if we, I'll tell you what, if we get closer to the play-in tournament, if they get closer to the play-in tournament, then I will worry about it because I, I don't want them, I just don't want anything to do with that. But we're not quite there yet, right? I'd be we're, surprised that they... I'd be surprised too, but you never know what's going to happen or what could happen. I think more than anything, the way these games matter is making sure they get their guys back with enough time that they can try to find that level of cohesion they need going into the playoffs. Now, can they go far without it? Yeah. They don't need that cohesion. It would just be nice. It'd be a nice little bonus to be able to have five, six games for them all to be able to really find a rhythm and play together to kind of understand how this is going to work. I think they can succeed without it. I'd really rather have that. I think they'd rather have that too. And we get that starting tonight. DeAndre Ayton's back. Hopefully on Wednesday it's Kevin Durant. Then you got seven games left in the season and let's go. Let's see what they can do. Um, But but it's not... All of it can be survived and all of it can be overcome as long as Kevin Durant and DeAndre Hayton and and Devin Booker and Chris Paul are healthy come playoff time. And if, if they can they can go that two-month gauntlet being healthy, then I think the Suns will do very, very well in the postseason. Yeah, listen, like even like, okay, you say seven games. T.J. Warren has been here for three like less ten games, mm-hmm. like he's played like ten, maybe ten games. Ross, same thing. Ross hasn't been here for very long after the after the buyout. So, like, and these guys are gelling. They're fit, they're fitting in right now. It doesn't take a lot. You don't need forty games playing with the team to figure out you know where you fit in. I mean, you know, Ross got here on February. 16th. He's played three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games. So it hasn't been a lot of games for those guys either. Three of the guys you're going to count on in the playoffs. If we figure that Ross and Warren are now establishing themselves mm-hmm. as guys that you're going to count on in the playoffs off the bench, they haven't had a lot of time with the playing with the Suns. No. Nope. They're figuring out how to play with Cameron Payne and Landale and Biombo and whoever whatever starters they're in with. They're just figuring it out right now. Yeah, it'll just all change when KD's here because the rotations will change. The playing time will change, the minutes will change, etc., etc. And then I'll also be curious to see how careful they are with KD when he comes back. Assuming it is Wednesday, there is still a back-to-back in there. 
I can only imagine he's going to miss one end of that, I would think. And then, you know, depending on the last day of the season, if the Suns have everything wrapped up and we know what seed they're going to be, that could also be a game where a bunch of guys get a game off just to be safe and just to be sure. I would, I, the one last thing I would say about the officiating thing is just having watched that game Friday night and been really frustrated by it. Uh, as Devin Booker's been great. This season, he's been great this month. He's been ridiculously good this month. He sets the tone when it comes to that, when it comes to the officiating thing, right? Like, he he is the yeah, team. I, I agree with he, that. He sets the tone on that. And, I, and I, I hope moving forward, he dials it back a little bit because I think everybody else kind of follows his lead they on They kind of one. feed off of him? A little bit, I think if so. If he's complaining and whining, they kind of get little, down to? A little bit, right? And Chris, too, but I think it's more Devin Booker. And I, I play back that game in my mind on Friday night against Sacramento, he just had it dialed up way too high, and he couldn't get out of his own way, you know, because he was thinking about it so much, because he was barking about it so much. I just hope, and please don't misconstrue this, all right, Devin Booker's been amazing this month, but when it comes to that specifically, just dial it down a bit. Know when to say when. Know when to walk, right? Know when to, okay, I'm going to leave this alone and not make this an issue anymore. I'd like to see more of that these next few games. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know if they, they do that or not. I mean, they've, Monty got fined $20,000. They've complained a lot. It's just they're never going to be a team that goes to the free throw line 40 times a game and gets, gets all the calls they want. And we broke it down last week. A lot of those calls are legitimate calls. You know, to me, it's more, it's not that they're not getting the calls on the offensive end. It's that they're committing the calls on the defensive end. That, yes. to me, is what needs to change more than anything else. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And we'll see. Maybe Saturday's game was the reset that they so desperately needed. That is going to do it for us on this Monday. We are out of here. We will see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.